Please remain seated. You are now entering the nerd bunker. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of The Nerd Bunker. 10 weeks. 10 weeks of podcasting gold. Gold! (laughs) (laughs) My name is Hayley. I am one half, and the other half, if you would like to introduce yourself. My name's Michael. So this is a different episode. This is a deep dive episode, and the first Monday of every month for us, we're going to record it, so the second Monday of every month, you're going to hear it. And this month, I have picked the topic, and it is Mars. Mars. We're obsessed. The red planet, the god of war. Whether it's trying to find life, figure out how we can get there, or eventually live there, or being obsessed by Martian invasions. More probes have been sent to Mars than anywhere else. So... What do you think our obsession with Mars is, Michael? I think exploration. I think that's part of human nature. I think that it it's part of our sense of whether we're alone in the universe. Yeah. It's our nearest neighbour. It's just the unknown. And I think there's also a bit of the, was it like us? Mm, is this our yeah. future? But yeah, it's just our investigativeness. I'm making up words now. It's, uh, it's uh, investigativeness. Yes. How how does it how does it make you feel like? I mean, obviously we're into nerdy stuff, so that's like a given. But the idea of Mars and this other planet and it used to be this thing that was out there in the sky that we could sort of see sometimes, and now it feels a lot closer. Yeah, I hope that it will perhaps give us answers of our own origins and such. I hope that we don't then go and mine the fuck out of it and basically do everything we've done to our own planet Mm. to there. I don't know if I could live there, though. (laughs) Not as it is right now, anyway. It's a bit chilly. (laughs) No, no, no. But even if they built livable habitats, I'd still be... I don't know, I'd still be a bit wary. That's understandable. I don't know whether it's coming from an engineering type of background where I can think mm, my whole life is dependent on that one little switch that's switching this yeah. oxygen compressor on and off. Yeah. That could fail. You, you know what I mean? I know there's security's built yeah, yeah, in, yeah. but it's it still niggles the back of my mind. It's not like just being here on Earth right now. Yeah. You can breathe. You know, if you're on land, you're not drowning. If you're not on a really high building you're not going to fall down you're just here on earth and it's done relatively safe so no i I do get that i do get that so obviously i've done you know a bit of research into this a bit of prep so i've got some little uh, sparks of information to get the conversation flowing um actually it's called percival lowe a wealthy american with a rather large telescope around 1900 give or take you know and he decided that previously discovered channels on mars's surface were in fact canals and they were constructed so methodically that only one answer could be true and they were built by an intelligent civilization now obviously that you know being thrown out but the point is this idea 
of there being previous intelligent life or current intelligent life, you know, has been grasped by, you know, science fiction. Is there life on Mars? David Bowie. You know, films, games, books. We've expressed our fears, our insecurities through the media. So I just want to talk about a couple of my favourite things that I quite like. Gotta be number one, War of the Worlds, the original film, 1953, adaptation of the radio broadcast. I've not actually heard the radio broadcast. I'm sure it's out there somewhere to listen to. Adapted from the book by H.G. Wells and... This is actually set on Earth, but it's Martians that are invading, so I think it's relevant. I'm saying it's relevant. I'm talking, so it's relevant. (laughs) The book's probably quite hard. (laughs) I've not actually seen the films or read the book, but as a bit of research, I was uh, listening to the BBC. They did a Radio 4 um, season on Mars a couple of years ago, which they've released as podcasts. Okay. And one of them was they were walking the route of the aliens in War of the Worlds because they sort of land somewhere near London and then march sort of in towards London. Mm. And I was listening to it and it's like, I really should read this. I've not actually read it. I know, um, I think Tom Cruise did a remake, I don't know, which I have seen, and it was okay. Probably got on his knees and worshipped the aliens as this (laughs) Scientology bollocks. Now, now, now. (laughs) You know, oh God. When I first heard about Scientology, I thought, oh, this could actually make a lot of sense, actually. Is this like some sort of religion based on science? Oh, I might read into that a little bit. And I went on their website and I started reading bits and bobs. This is a very, very, very long time ago. (laughs) you know, this, this might be some, you know, and I think it, it might have even been while I was living in London because I know they've got a church, in inverted commas, in London, uh, I think, or they did. I'm sure that's what it said on the website. And I actually thought about popping down just to find out a bit more about it in a educational kind of way. Um, never actually went and, you know, ignored the whole thing. And it's like a few years later and it's like, oh, Scientology. And I thought, oh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> Bullet dodged. <laughs> Yeah. Lucky escape. Yeah, but I genuinely really love, you know, the old War of the Worlds film. But I like that kind of film anyway, so I'm a bit biased. But my other two favourite Mars films, The Martian with Matt Damon, um, that came out in 2015. And absolute favourite line from that film when he says he's going to science the shit out of it. (laughs) I love that. I love that idea of he's he's alone, you know, he's got to survive and he's not some fucking army dickhead we are gone who's gonna shoot everything it's like science will save me and i love that you know it's like he's gonna save his life he's gonna survive i don't know he's gonna try and contact his mates or whatever but it's science will save the day yay for nerds (laughs) i've read the book I love the book. It's brilliant. Oh, okay. And was it based? It's based on a book, is it? Yeah, yeah. It was a book which they made into a film, and I've seen mm. the film. But when I say I've seen the film, I was on a flight to Los Angeles, and the person um. in front of me was watching it, and it was much more interesting oh. <laughs> than watching my own film. But I never s- swapped to watching it on my little screen. I sat there watching it through the seat. <laughs> I don't know, but I couldn't hear it, but I knew the story so well. Oh, God. But yeah, The Martian, ah, I, I love that film. Very, very, very good. If you have not seen it, go see it. Preferably on a big screen. Yeah, yeah. Not a tiny little airplane screen over someone's no, shoulder. No, no. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> but there is an earlier film of a similar ilk. Robinson Crusoe on Mars, 1964. I've not seen it. I've seen clips and some photos and stuff. And it looks a bit me. So how does Robinson Crusoe end up on Mars? He gets stranded. I think he, I'm a bit sketchy on the details, but he gets stranded. In a, it is based on Robinson Crusoe. It's supposed to be a literal. So I think it's a solo mission. And he has to survive because it was made in the 60s. So it's clearly going to be like scientifically horrendous whereas uh, you know the 2015 one was marginally more credible so, so. I've just googled it and it says Co- okay. Commander Kit Draper is forced to crash land on Mars when his mission goes horribly wrong and he must figure out how to survive on the hostile barren planet exactly I bet the temperature doesn't affect him either I seem to recall seeing scenes where he was just wandering about and it's like minus 80 or something but... when was that 64 so they'd have only just sent up some of their yeah. early attempts at landers and stuff yeah yeah they might not have even known what it was really like on mars to be fair so i'll let them off a bit you know artistic license (laughs) yeah and my other favorite film which um, i've not seen it in quite a while um is mission to mars which came out in 2000 so i was kind of refreshing myself of the plot and you know having a bit of a google of it because i remember going to see it at the cinema i remember thinking oh you know it's really good film and there was another film that came out at the same time which the title now evades me but it was about mars and it had val kilmer in it um, and i saw that as well but this was much my favorite the rescue mission to mars after the first manned mission meets with catastrophic and mysterious disaster that was it so they have a mission which everybody disappears and then this is about the rescue mission and when i've been having a bit of a google on it it's got really shit reviews and people are like proper ripping it and maybe i should have uh, tried to watch it again before we did this but i remember genuinely really liking it yeah but my favorite mars film got absolutely slated go on i love and i really wish they'd carry on john carter i think i have seen that that's the is that like the vampires on mars no he He's the American... Oh, no, that's Ghosts of Mars, isn't it? Sorry. He's the American Civil War fighter, and can't remember exactly how it happens, but he ends up sort of passing out in a cave. Oh, I've not seen that. And then he sort of spiritually awakens on Mars, and he meets all the um, all the Martians and stuff, and their beautiful princesses, oh. and he's able to, because of the gravity on Earth... He's able to jump really great distances because there's not as much gravity on Mars. It's based on the old Edgar Rice Burroughs books. Yeah. But it's a Disney film. It's on Disney Plus. But it got oh. absolutely slated to the point where they actually said we're not carrying on. Oh, wow. Which absolutely gutted me because I actually really like that film. Oh, I might give it a watch then if it's on the old Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, the books were written in 1917. Oh, wow. Okay, so that is old then. Yeah. No, I, I was just really surprised because I say I remember really liking this film Mission to Mars got uh, Gary Sinise in it and the reviews were just awful I think it's slightly more of an an emotional ending or story because they do find you know evidence of life at the end they're like going to this chamber type thing and there's all these alien well uh, I think they're like holograms of aliens or something and they're like saying oh you know life did exist on Mars blah 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 so I don't know maybe people thought that it was a bit of a shitty ending but I liked it so mm, well um (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
and I did actually remind myself, I downloaded um, a game called Surviving Mars. Oh, it must be about a year ago now. And the premise of the game looked really interesting. It looked like The Sims on Mars and you've got to like build your water ducts and your solar farms or what have you. Um, But I couldn't get into it at all. I remember playing this game. It was like a free download when you in some sort of membership or whatever so it didn't cost me no so I had a go I just couldn't get into this game I just remember driving these little buggy things backwards and forwards and it was pissing me off and I just couldn't get into it all I might have played that you think you've played it sure I might have played that um, you don't sound like you enjoyed it much more than I did I just remember driving the buggies around Ooh, and that's all I remember and I just couldn't seem to get past that I don't know maybe I didn't invest enough time into it all my colon colonizers <laughs> colony whatever my colony probably got chopped so never mind <laughs> but um there is a there's a board game as well called terraforming mars i've not played it but you're uh, like the ceo of a company and all the players are and you're like competing against each other i think you win like victory points or something for different things um mining on jupiter yeah. and what have you you know it's one of these like big board games um so uh, i wouldn't mind having a go with that actually but there is another film that i know you have a certain penchant for um mars attacks i do enjoy Mars Attacks, yes. I've seen it a couple of times, but um, apart from Pierce Brosnan and the dog, I struggle to uh, bring it to mind, to be honest. The movie is a modern B-movie. Mm. It's based on the old uh, Topps trading cards that came with the bubblegum. Oh, okay. Um, but the cards are quite graphic. So yeah, uh, Mars Attacks is the science fiction trading card series produced by Topps in 1962. Yes, yeah, so you had the original 55 card series, as well as the Hard to Find sequel from 94. Wow. Because it got absolute, you know, I mean, it was some of it's quite horrible. Yeah. You got the, the best swapping the heads around and that's all right i'm sure some of the cat where soldiers are strapped to cannons and fired uh... people being operated on and these were for kids oh okay oh oh they're supposed to be for kids yeah oh that is a bit because uh... basically it showed earth being invaded by the martians and then towards yeah. the end they decided that maybe earth should take revenge on the martians so it's earth invading mars okay mental uh, yeah that's basically the where the film came from yeah oh that's i had no idea about that yeah they're just these big brained aliens that aren't very peaceful well that's the thing isn't it the whole alien thing be they friend or foe <laughs> not that you know like we went into it on another episode. The chance of there being alien, aliens, there is a mathematical equation. The Drake equation, I think it's called. But even if they are out there, it's like, how do you know that we're going to be mates? Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Hawking certainly didn't think so. But um, aside from the uh, fantasy side of it, the reason that prompted me to want to do Mars on this um, episode is because of the Perseverance rover. So it touched down on the 18th of February in the Jezero crater. I've watched basically all the footage that is available several times. <laughs> I've watched some of it on the uh, in prep for this episode. Yeah. So I've watched it where they've done the landing. Mm. I've also listened to the uh, the wind noise. Yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a bit. I so say just make sure you go on the uh, official channels, the official website because there are some uh, edited pictures circulating on Facebook. Yeah, no, I just 
use mars.nasa.gov. Yeah, yeah. So there's videos, there's pictures, and they're updating stuff constantly. I got um, a ping today because there were some more pictures that they'd been put up. Um, and they actually upload all the raw images um, that Perseverance takes. Yeah. And they have an image of the week, so everybody gets to vote. And the image of the week that they picked this week, it was, it was just, you know, like of the, I want to say soil. I'm not sure that's the right word. <laughs> the ground in front of. And it, it looks so normal. Sandy, dusty, rocks, you know, you can see in the distance there's some uh, hilly, mountainous type uh, structures you can see through the door because it's got this peachy hue and I struggled for a while to come up with the word peachy because it's not really red and it's not really orange and peach was the best sort of colour that I could come up yeah. with and because of this peachy hue it's like you know that it's not Earth and that's kind of what I was saying earlier on it's like Mars used to be a planet you know you learn at school oh you know we were taught there were nine planets but we'll leave that shall we these celestial bodies that are like out there in the sky that we learn about but kind of mean nothing to us and yet now here it is high definition images that we can see of this other place and i i think it's like totally mental and totally cool clearly and i am i am genuinely genuinely ridiculously excited about the whole thing um uh, I don't know, probably too much. I don't know. Well, you'll, you'll be able to do it all again soon because you've got some more going up, haven't we? I don't I don't sort of follow everything. I just sort of keep up with Yeah, because 2020 is like one of the years that the Earth and Mars are the closest. Oh, yeah, that's why they're doing all this stuff, yeah. And I think you've got... Mars was the first... Uh, Mars. NASA was the first one. Yeah. And then I think you've got uh, Russia and the European Space Agency sending one up in the summer. Mm. And I think China and the United Arab Emirates are sent the first time yeah i know i know the uae of um i think they already sent one there's us doing some sort of orbit i think they've all been yeah. sent but they've got to get yeah. there haven't they so they're all sort of gonna be like a little robot <laughs> motorway up there but um yeah the thing for, for some reason i love the images and i'm looking at the images but for some reason listening to audio feels like a different step for me and and i've listened to that little clip of the wind and it's, it's nothing really it's just a bit of wind but it's wind on mars <laughs> it's like i don't know how to express But I genuinely, you know, without any sarcasm, any bigging it up, because we're doing it on the podcast, I would just say this to you as a as a person in the flesh. I am just so really, really excited by the whole thing. And listening to the wind on Mars was really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, were you excited about the wind on Mars? or? <laughs> I wouldn't say I was excited. I thought it's cool. Yeah. I think as well, uh, the European one has got like, a, I think it's a two or three metre drill on it. Yeah. So that'll be the first time ever that anyone's drilled down through the surface yeah, of yeah. Mars. Because um, I didn't know till we was researching this that the they don't have any tectonic plates or anything. Oh, okay. There's been no, n- no erosion of the surface or anything since it was formed. Ooh. 
So they were saying that things like the volcanoes and the mountains, they're like gargantuan compared to what you get here. They did tell me the name, but yeah, I've kind yeah. of forgotten it. But one of the volcanoes, if you stood on top of it, it's like a hundred kilometers big at the top. You wouldn't even know you stood oh, on wow. it. Everything's just sort of gargantuan. Yeah. They were saying that there's like a, a yeah crack in the surface yeah. from when it was formed. And they were saying it was as big as the state of Connecticut. Oh, God. It's like Grand Canyon, but five times bigger yeah. and deeper because it was just the stress of the surface as it was being formed. They reckon it's still cracking. Oh, wow. It's so fascinating. It's just different, isn't it? Yeah. Because they, they've got... I mean, they put ev- they're putting everything out there on the internet. It's literally like, if you think this is fake, fucking look at all this shit. <laughs> the earth is not flat. <laughs> we are going to Mars. And the, you know, the, the main job of this mission is to seek signs of ancient life and collect samples of rock and soil for possible return to Earth, possible, hopeful, because they can do all these tests while it's out there, but you're still going to get, you know, and rightly so, people that want to make sure that everything is done properly and the evidence is properly certified, calculated, blah de blah you know, what the scientists do. But it's taken seven months to get to Mars and I was trying to think what my longest flight had been and I think it took ten hours to get to Vega, maybe? I think, because yeah. I've been to Mexico and that was eight hours. I think Los Angeles is, I think that's eleven. Ooh. See, oh God, ten hours in a tin can where you can't move and on the way back you've got some prick who puts his chair all the way back while I'm still trying to eat and I <laughs> have a blazing round with him on the aeroplane. <gasps> That's another story. We were talking about um, firsts on uh, this mission and uh, missions like it. Um, there is also a helicopter um, called Ingenuity um, that they attach to the rover and it's an experiment obviously because nobody's ever done anything like it before and it's to test the first powered flight on Mars because we've never flown anything in an atmosphere like is this to measure like gravity and stuff i don't know um all it said was um because of the extremely thin atmosphere this is like just an initial test to see powered flight on mars and what the controls are like you know once things have got going and once they know what they're doing you know we'll be shooting off drones left right and center before you know where you are i should imagine well i did read a story ages ago that i was saying in the future they'd like all space missions to take off the moon or mars because they haven't got to have the thrust to break through the Mm, gravity like we have yeah yeah so that they haven't then got to have such vast amounts of fuel you'd be able to push off easier yeah so i think they're gearing up for that basically it's so like i was saying it's like i find it all really exciting genuinely hand on heart exciting when i'm sat on my own watching it i am still as excited but at the same time i'm also like kind of sad because i know that I'm never really going to get to see it because I'm too old. <laughs> I don't know what 30 years could, 40 years potentially. You'll see it. Yeah, but I'm not going to... You might be telling the nurse to turn the <laughs> countdown back on. You don't want to watch that shit. You know, will my son be young enough to see things? Potentially. Um, I don't know. It depends how things progress, really. But it, do- it does honestly make me a little bit sad that I'm not, you know, going to be properly involved in any of it. And I'm probably never really going to go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Because it would be, like, kind of cool. But haven't you seen Total Recall? Probably, but, you know, it's like... That's on Mars, isn't it? 
I don't know, too many films, too many years, brains like sludge. <laughs> I haven't seen any aliens. No, it'd be cool yeah. it'd be cool to go, but I'm more than happy to just watch if it. If I could have a, a VR helmet, you know, headphones on, that I think that's going to be realistically the closest that our generation could get. Because you're fucking old. Because I can remember at school watching the first space shuttle launch. But I don't think you'd have been born then. Um, well, I was born in 81. But that was quite exciting. Because there hasn't really been that much. There's There's been nothing that we ever did at school on space. I remember, I have a vague recollection of the one that blew up as it set off. Challenger? Challenger, yeah. Was that in the 90s? I'm not sure. Um, But I have a vague recollection of that, so I remember that being on the news. But that's kind of the only thing um, that I really remember, because I think there was basically, like, a gap, wasn't there, where they did all this stuff, they went to the moon, and then it fucking cost a shitload, um, and they tried to do bits and bobs. And I think the Challenger was the last space shuttle... Mission, I believe. 86, that was. Was that 86? January 28th, 1986. I was only five. Okay, I I remember it though. So, and and, and was that, it was the last space shuttle thing that they did, I think, wasn't it? And then they retired it. No, the last flight for the space shuttle program was July 21st, 2011. Hmm, was it really? I thought they decommissioned it a long time ago. No. Hmm, Fair enough. So I watched the first space shuttle launch and that was in 1981. When, When was it? When exactly? April 12th. Oh no, that would have been cool if it was my birthday, that would be like spooky. Because I remember sitting with the whole school, we had one TV in the school on this trolley. <laughs> Wheel it in. I went to this little village school and the whole school sat around it, you know, like all 10 of us. <laughs> we just sat there and watched this space shuttle launch. It's just like the coolest thing ever. Oh, wow. I never saw, you know, obviously I wasn't old enough for the moon landing. Yeah, yeah. You're not that old. To just see the space shuttle launch, it was like, ooh. Oh, no, it is very exciting. And I think it was in the 70s, potentially, um, when they sent something to Mars to look for current life. So what they're doing now is to look for ancient life, which is a bit more credible. This, this Jezero crater... Um, that's on the equator. It's thought to have held a giant lake um, billions of years ago and where there's been water there may be life Um, because our our method of looking for life is a bit more constructive now because you know we can deduce things but this fact just like jumped out at me when I was researching it. In perspective Mars was most habitable in its first billion years. Now that's like a fact that goes in your head and you're like, okay, it was most habitable in its first billion years of life, the planet. Like, a billion years. I'm lucky if I'm alive for... From make it to 90, that's a pretty decent achievement. 90 years. Billion <laughs> years. It's like... That's the problem with space yeah. and stuff, is the numbers are just mind-boggling. There was a really cool meme. Um, it was actually talking about billionaires, and it was like, you know, saying you don't actually understand how rich they are are um i wish i could find it because it had like one one ice cream represented a million pound or something and then a billion pound was like i can't do the maths but a shitload more ice creams basically and it was like look you do not realize just how rich billionaires are so thinking about it in years it's just like brain you know that little emoji (laughs) 
but they're not really looking for Martian fish and um, they're looking for microbes and there's this uh, what they call the bathtub ring uh, where all the the potential for life where these microbes would be is apparently higher in um, like these sediment layers where where the water would have been and um, so these are the places that they're specifically looking and they've been doing research in Australia. There's like similar uh, environmental areas um, to what there is on Mars. So they've got a bit of a guide as to what they're looking for. Yeah. But it's going to be there working. The hope for two years, obviously, the as long as it's still going, they're not going to say, all right, you know, you clock out now, mate. <laughs> You're done. If it's working, they're going to carry on. Wasn't it the last one where it was only supposed to work for so long oh, yeah, but then they sort yeah, of lost yeah. contact with it? And then it sort mm. of came back as it came back round and they were like, oh, it's not yeah. kind of supposed to be working, but we'll, we'll squeeze out a few more little bits. Yeah, well, you would, won't you? You know? Well, you would for the money. It's cost us several billion, hasn't yeah. it? For- yeah, that that's the that's the problem, isn't it? Two point four six billion that Mars twenty twenty cost. Oh, you know, Jeff Bezos could do that a couple of times over. <laughs> he does own a space company. Yeah, you told me this last time, didn't you? But it's not as successful as Musk's. No. But it's the the end of this decade. They've not pinned it down, but the end of this decade, that's when NASA and the European Space Agency are planning uh, to go back to Mars and pick up the samples that the rovers dug out and what have you. So I'm presuming they're going to be placed at certain coordinates or whatever and there's going to be some cool, ingenious way. Um, let's see, the end of the decade. So we are 2021. So, oh, so right. Yeah, so then we've got like nine-ish years or whatever until that happens. So then it's another seven months to come back. 2030 we might have an idea i don't know how long it's going to take to um look at these samples and decide if there was life i think they check them and then double check them and triple check them before they say anything if you know they bring it back and let's say tests positive they've brought the samples back irrefutable proof you know there was life on mars i don't know what sort of an impact that would have i mean potentially it could change absolutely everything our understanding of um, terraforming if that would be the right word or if that's just a science fiction thing i don't know you know and really put put some difficult some difficult questions out there i mean you know old darwin when he uh, discovered the theory of evolution. I mean, they didn't say out about it for 10 years or something. I can't remember. A long time. He didn't say anything because yeah. he was too scared because he did... Well, everybody believed in, you know, the Christian God back then, just about where he was, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, oh, here's my theory of evolution. Yeah, God doesn't exist. So he kept his trap short. I wonder sort what, you know, depending on what they find out, the repercussions of things like that. Is it going to, like, I don't know. I think it would better our understanding of how we were formed from plankton into the humans we are. Do you know what I mean? It would give us perhaps a better understanding yeah. of where we came from, our own evolution. Yeah. Then I also think it would also then perhaps give us more hope that evolution itself or life itself is possible on other planets maybe not in our own system because the inhabitable zones only three planets yeah out of how many other hundreds of yeah. galaxies there's got to be more of a chance yeah it's been very exciting anyway and i do wonder what the fallout positive or negative would be well you'll have the religious bobs going nah that's, f- that's fake news that didn't happen well see that's a whole other episode in itself i mean the the polarization 
of people's opinions. Don't know how much social media is to blame for it, but it is increasingly you are one or the other. You are right or you're left. You're right or you're wrong. And the wrong will be shut down, which I find a bit frightening, to be honest. As for the, the naysayers, shall we say, should we be even going to Mars? Should we be spending however many billion, gazillion pounds, dollars, whatever, when we've got a shit ton of problems on earth that we can't seem to sort out shouldn't we save our own planet rather than look to move house you know yeah but i do i do i do always put a sort of a i don't know i think i wonder if some of my ideas just are really far-fetched sometimes and i've just got this <laughs> utopian star trek next generation fucking jean-luc picard stamped in my head somewhere but i i don't think we can stop uh, the level of bullshit that we seem to be uh, content with dealing with each other until there's something bigger to focus on. And I've always sort of said we won't end world wars or whatever else until there's like an alien invasion and it's like, oh shit, they're the bad guys. And then we actually work together. But then I'm sure you'd still have people to go, oh, I'm going to go help the aliens well um they're obviously winning so i'm gonna go and help them so i'll do a lot yeah there's a there's a series i did watch a couple of, i watched quite a bit of it i think it's called colony can't remember the names of any of the actors in it but i can see their faces the woman from lost um <laughs> <laughs> No, not the woman from Lost. The guy from Lost and the woman from Walking Dead. That's as much as you're going to get. But that had that sort of a... You know, there were some people that started working with the aliens and the rest of the population was basically shut the fuck up and do as you're told. I don't know. The adventuring in general... I think we can't help ourselves. This burning desire to get out there, to discover, you know, all our ancestors left Africa in the first place and it wasn't just about expanding population and oh, we need to move a bit further out because there ain't no room for my house. This was purposeful going out there traveling as far as you can you know get to the water you can't go any further then they started building boats we just literally cannot help ourselves. I'm still watching Vikings so I found a little quote. <laughs> the great Floki. Floki. <laughs> The lure of an imaginary land, travelling somewhere that doesn't exist. Of course I'm coming! You know, and that's like, these balls, but totally true. Um, and I even found there's a gene, okay, the exploring gene. If you Google um, genetic literacy project, it's got all the proper gumph and scientific analyses and papers and things, not mine bullshit way of talking about everything but um the gene drd4-7r carried by roughly 20 percent of all humans dozens of human studies have found that this gene makes people more likely to take risks um, explore new places ideas foods relationships drugs or sexual opportunities and generally embrace movement change and adventure and apparently it's also connected to having adhd but it's a scientific fact exploring is not just a crazy people thing it's like actually in your genes which i think is quite good as well yeah but there's not that many places left on this planet to explore no which is like the problem other than it? perhaps the seabed and parts of maybe the rainforest i don't know yeah so then it is just going to be you're gonna have to go up to mars to explore but yeah i think the the idea of exploring is something that we've always done and all 
nations have done it as well. I know um, dear old Blighty went around sticking flags everywhere, declaring that all this land belongs to us because my flag's bigger than yours and you're now going to do what you say, uh, what I say, um, <laughs> which is uh, not very good at all. We were the best at it, but we weren't the only ones. Oh, no, 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 we weren't the only ones. France, Spain, they were pretty good. Plenty, there's plenty of uh, room for more wankers out there. That does about wrap up all my facting type serious stuff for Mars. I've got some cool little facts, fascinating facts. Mars is the fourth planet from the sun and the second smallest in our solar system and it would take more than six Marses to fill the earth. And that's something that I wasn't quite aware of, that Mars was actually that small. So, hmm. I knew it was small, but I didn't realise it was quite that small. No, no, you can fit six in Earth. So that's, oh, I don't know, maths and volume and business, because six is like the whole shape of the Earth. But um, even if we said it was like three across, so Mars is like a third wide of what Earth is. I don't know, what's that like? France to Poland? I don't know. I'm like making it up, but it sounds credible, so... <laughs> Taking your word for it. It's half eight at night. I shall continue with my fascinating facts. The average temperature is minus 63 degrees Celsius. The days and seasons are comparable to Earth, but a Martian year is about twice as long as ours. And just going back to the money, okay, a NASA spacesuit costs roughly $11 million. A lot of money. One spacesuit. And I remember um, they were having a bit of... They wanted to do an all-female spacewalk. I think it was Woman's Day or something. And they couldn't because yeah. they didn't have enough female spacesuits. So they've got to, like, crank out a few more 11 million female ones. 11 million pounds. And I'm only about the cost of my Levi's. So, you know, that's my little bits and bobs for Mars. I think it's a really exciting time to be interested in this sort of stuff. Um, there's loads of things happening. The NASA website has got all sorts on it. I presume I've not actually checked the European Space Agency uh, website, which I should do because, you know, it's ours. We're still part of the European Space Agency. Brexit. I don't know, I think scientists are still sticking together. But yeah, I think it's fascinating. I'm very excited. I'm also slightly depressed because, you know, I can't be involved. But I shall watch from afar in my 80s. <laughs> Have all your faculties. And hopefully still know what's going on. <laughs> One cool thing I have just found on the European Space Agency website is they've just put up a picture of their ExoMars orbiter that's orbiting Mars at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it shows you that uh, you can see all the heat shield and the parachute and stuff from the NASA landing. Oh. So they're just showing you like, oh, look, here's all the parachute and back shell. There's where it descended. Yeah, yeah. You can actually sort of make out the rover where the heat shield is. Oh, wow. It's like we're spying on you. Oh, see, it's cool. On the um, NASA website, there is a real-time map of where the rover is, and you can actually track it in real time. So they aren't pulling any punches with putting stuff out there so people can watch and engage. I've not actually heard of any conspiracy theorists that are saying it's all fake. The uh, It seems to be a bit quiet on that front. I don't know if they're waiting for their moment or they've not found a way in yet. Because if you're a flat earther, I don't know, do you think Mars exists or do you think it's a sticker in the sky? I don't know, I'm confused. I tried to watch a documentary on flat earthers once on Netflix and it just started 
had it in my brain, so I gave up. I've just Googled Mars conspiracy theories for 2021. Oh and I've just completely been distracted by a story from 2017 that says children kidnapped for Martian slaves. A what? But I'm not going to click on it because I don't what? trust the look of that website. <laughs> Okay. Doesn't seem to be any modern ones that are jumping straight out. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've not heard anything. There's nothing come out of the woodwork yet. But I do wonder how this sits with people that you know don't believe basically in the theory of any of this. I mean, God, I had um come. On, I don't really go on Facebook much anymore. To be honest, kind of annoys me. You know, when it brings up your memories. This is what you did yeah. last year. This is what you did five years ago. And a couple of years ago. I shared a group that had come up randomly. I may get the title wrong, but I think it's called Christians Against Dinosaurs <laughs> or something of that ilk. And it's a totally real group. And when I shared it a couple of years ago, I was like, oh my God, this is a real group. They've got like 11,000 members. And now they've got like, I don't know, 25,000 members or so. I don't Maybe I've made that figure up, but it's a lot more. I have heard the stories of where they believed that the dinosaurs died out because Noah didn't let them on the ark but then i've also seen stories where they said that noah let them on the ark okay but then they were quite naughty and ate each other so they never got off okay <laughs> see this is oh i'm not go- gonna get into all this business but like they're, they're, they've all got different beliefs in their own non-belief it's like some of them believe that the earth is like really young they're called young earthers or something or young earth christians or something and then you've got the ones that don't believe in dinosaurs at all because you know god created everything and he didn't create dinosaurs and all the fossils are fakes and i love dinosaurs there was something about all the the dinosaur bones that you see in museums are fake it's like well yeah they are fake because you're looking at like a display because the real ones are worth too much (laughs) they're not just going to put them out there so your kid can slap it are they you know don't be a dick (laughs) of course it's not fucking real so i don't know but there you go i do wonder how they these people sort of like deal with this information as it becomes available do they just say oh you know we're going to mars it seems to be legit maybe the earth isn't flat maybe the dinosaurs were real well i think that about wraps it up so um thank you very much for uh, being here for our mars edition deep dive episode of the nerd bunker podcast and all the usual social media malarkey will be down there or wherever in the links and what have you um facebook instagram twitter yeah 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 um if you're listening to the podcast go and check out our youtube and you can see our beautiful faces and our fetching t-shirts oh okay well thank you again and i've been Haley, and my co-host has been michael thanks for listening cheers guys i'll see you next week Bye. bye intro music is battle theme by kamiku and is used under creative commons zero license all copyrights are property of their holders and everything else belongs here in the bunker Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram at NerdBunkerPod and like us on Facebook. Please leave a review as it really helps them out. Thank you for listening.